Well, hello and welcome to Pegasus Radio. In this episode, we have the fifth instalment of Global Stories. Today, I'm joined by Tom Donkin. Tom is based in Los Angeles and is the co-owner of a small but growing consultancy business called Ridgeway Group with offices in Los Angeles, but also in New York and potentially with plans to open an office in London. This is a great chat with Tom and really interesting to hear the difference between Los Angeles and New York in terms of the market conditions currently and how both have been affected by the coronavirus. I really do hope you find this one a great listen. Let's dive in. Well, hello, Tom. Thanks very much for joining us. I wonder if you can just give us, uh, give the listeners, I guess, a quick oversight of yourself, maybe your potted history of yourself, how you've ended up in Los Angeles and a bit about Ridgeway. Yeah, happy to. Thanks for having me on, Paul. I'm a big fan of the, big fan of the pod, so uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. Um, yeah, just originally from Sirencester in Gloucestershire and um, studied quantity surveying at Loughborough University and was working for Bovis Lendlease at the time, so a big general contractor, Australian firm, you'll know them well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, following university, I joined Davis Langdon in London back in the day. I was actually with them for a number of years, um, so working in London and moved out with them to the USA, started okay. in Boston on the East Coast, and uh, a little bit too cold for me there, everyone is, so we moved a little bit west and, and ended up in LA, which was a, a good move for us, um, yeah, a little bit warmer, a little bit more temperate out here. <laughs> so yeah, we kind of originally saw this as a, a bit of fun, really, moving to the States for a few years and right. uh, seeing what would happen, but... One thing led to another, as they say, and now I've been in LA for about 13 years. So uh, wow. unlucky for, well, I guess, unlucky for pretty much everyone, actually, in this, this <laughs> climate currently. But yeah, I founded Ridgeway, so in LA, we headquartered in LA, founded them about um, eight years ago now. And we basically provide project and cost management services out here, quantity surveying services to clients throughout the USA and, and most recently in the UK as well, where we're in the very early stages of expansion. We work across all major sectors from uh, government and healthcare to uh, luxury retail, hospitality. And we do ground up and refurbishment works. Um, although we're a small business, we're, we're less than 25 people. Um, we do work with some fairly prestigious global clients like LVMH, RMR Group, uh, Christian Dior, and, and the US government, as I mentioned, okay. um, as well as private developers and commercial businesses. And basically, our project sizes range between about $10 million uh, into a couple of billion dollars. So that's wow. who we are. Excellent. And the, at, the, at the upper end, the couple of billion, is that is that government-led projects, I assume, at that kind of value? Yeah, so we have, uh, yeah, mainly government, um, but we also have some sort of luxury ground-up product, um, mainly hospitality. And that's right. some, yeah, so based here in LA and, and elsewhere in, in the States that top that billion-dollar value. Yeah. That includes fit-out, furniture, everything, so turnkey, wow. turnkey solution. Wow. Okay. Awesome. And uh, I presume now cost management is, be- in terms of what we would understand cost management to be in the UK, is becoming much more prevalent now in the US markets. It's not. It's no longer seen as an estimating job. It's, it's seen as the kind of full service that we would we would assume cost management is in the UK. Very much. Yeah. It's it's still if you say quantity surveyor to your average guy on the street here, they won't know what that is. But it's yeah. certainly becoming better known. You've had companies like Turner Townsend expanding here mm. rapidly in you know, 10 years. I think when I met those guys 10 years ago, there's a, maybe a few hundred now they're into yeah. the thousands. 
yeah, and that's yeah. driven, I think, off a solid QS base. So we have a very similar model, although we're significantly far behind the thousand mark. We've <laughs> had a, a strong QS base to everything we do, um, and it's very much appreciated by by most clients. It's it's a logical way to build a project from from, from ground up. So yeah, that's been good for us. Okay. Okay. Excellent. So. Can you give us an idea, Tom, of what life is like in LA and I, and I guess maybe across wider America due to the coronavirus in terms of how it's impacted life personally and, and you know, what, what you're allowed in terms of your freedom of movement, et cetera? And I appreciate that probably varies from state to state, but if you can give us an idea, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, spot on, really. It's, uh, it is a sort of state by state issue, and also, almost uh, some states are divided up in, into cities where it's very different per city as well. So, um, but yeah, so on the family first, sort of personal note, um, the split between um, the UK and LA, obviously the, the distance is, is tough at the best of times. But yes, one positive that sort of came out of this is that you soon realised with lockdown that the physical distancing in place, we couldn't see family either being in LA or UK or Antarctica. So in a funny yes. way, it's made this distance uh, seem a little bit more normal. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, good point. But LA uh, has not been as badly affected as, as many other cities and indeed states. Um, you know, we have an office in New York and, and that was kind of hit very hard from the outset. It, it basically sort of fell off a cliff in New York and mm. you know, lockdown is a, a strong word, but that's effectively what it is. It's, it's, yes. it's you know, you're not leaving the house anytime soon. Um, yeah, yeah. And certainly business just fell, fell through the floor. But LA has actually been an interesting little sub-market, really. It's, it's never stopped uh, construction. And, um, people are advised not to leave the house, of course, but you can go out and exercise. You can go out once once or twice a day, uh, just as long as you're keeping away from people and mandating the use of face masks. And, and that's been in place for quite a few weeks. I will say that, more by luck probably than, than judgment, but LA acted really very very quickly when this thing came out the cases and, and that was it it was, it was sort of stay at home don't mess with it and as a result i mean there's been compared to new york city certainly there's been very few cases in terms of that level of disruption to the city i think it helps uh helps being so far spread out it's often a complaint to people in la that it expanded so far the city is so so great in terms mm-hmm. of um, like size in terms of miles square miles but you're not living on top of each other there's very spread out place whereas new york city obviously you're on top of each other public transport yeah. oriented yeah yeah. Um, here people rely on their cars so it's not such a shift to sort of isolate a little bit more than you would normally do but yeah i, was, I thought it was interesting i listened to your your podcast with michael sadler mm. in hong kong and the, the difference is that that's definitely worth a listen if anyone's um not heard that podcast but um it's superb he, he highlighted many similarities between hong kong and new york city in terms of population density etc Yes. Um, but there's a pretty startling difference in terms of the response and experience of response, and then obviously the outcome. Um, it's worth a listen for anyone who's keen to hear some pretty fascinating stats, I'd say. Um, yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, yeah I think, and, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll all learn from this, won't we? You know, because from everything I read, this could, this could absolutely happen again. So, so hopefully, right. globally, we're, we're all prepared for this and we can all act at a pace that somewhere like Hong Kong responded yeah. yes and, and kind of squash it before it becomes it becomes an issue so, exactly uh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I, think. I think back to la it's it's perhaps a little easier here for those reasons that we are more mm. spread out um mm. but i think the early action from the, the city and state government certainly that really helped and then uh, of course apart from everyone drinking bleach here just, just <laughs> uh, 
it's been a little bit easier to manage, I think, just based on yeah, being so spread out from everywhere else. But yeah, in terms of the sub market that we've seen, it's New York City obviously banned construction, just bring it back to construction, um, apart from um, essential construction. So you've, you've seen sort of three tiers where the, the top tier is just business in general, yeah. which obviously closed down for the most part, apart mm. from essential business. You've got the middle tier where the essential business only stays open and construction was actually included in that um, in the USA to begin with. But very quickly, many states banned just general construction um, and let it sort of be at the lower tier where it's just essential construction only, which meant medical and utilities. And that's certainly the case in Massachusetts, New York, et cetera. But in LA, construction has been deemed an essential business from, from day one through today. So it's been helpful. It's a big employer, as you might imagine, in the market, and our sites are still moving. Um, it's been much less of an impact than we were concerned about at the start of the month. So um, not all negative, obviously, it technically is all negative, but we're, we're doing what we can and, and things are moving ahead. People are keeping pretty busy for the most part. I think it's helped Ridgeway being a slightly smaller company, obviously less overhead. Um, yes. I think some of the large companies have taken a real hit with you know, bigger projects stopping and, and we're in more of a little sort of mid niche where we've been okay where not heavily relying on, on outside finance a lot a lot of the work we do is is you know, government finance or um private finance okay so i think that's 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 been helpful um, yes yeah and, and generally speaking the supply chain the construction supply chain is, is is kept moving you know certainly from various, you know, certainly in the UK and, and conversations I've had with others around the world, it seems to be that the supply chain, particularly for materials, is, is one of the major factors. I'm yeah. assuming within within the US, I presume mainly the supply chain is mainly US based. Is, is that correct in terms of so, in terms of materials, etc.? Yeah, I think you know, for, the, for the bulk of materials, that, that's probably true. Yeah. If we do a big ground up project and, and it's big concrete building, then yeah, certainly that's a lot of that is is, is US based. But we do still import a lot of um, materials. China from China, obviously, with if it's an HVAC unit or something that okay. components come from China and it's put together in the US and then and sites. So there is certainly a material backlog. And okay. on these luxury projects, um, we spoke previously, but a lot of those materials, the stone comes from Italy. Yes. Um, yeah. which is shut down, opening up on Monday, which is great news. Um, yes. so you're gonna see a little bit of a backlog. I think they're saying there's about a five or six week backlog from China and, and similar from, from Italy. So obviously we expect material pricing to kind of increase a little bit based on that as everyone mm. kind of rushes to get the material that they're, um, they've been booked in for. Yes. Um, but conversely, there's been so many layoffs and there's more labor available in the market. I think the, the labor pricing is likely to drop. Okay. So interesting. all in all, um, we're sort of projecting a zero, zero growth, zero drop right now for the immediate few months. And, Honestly, who knows where it's going to go after that? But yes, you do have the ability in the US. We, we, we were struggling a little bit with costing last year with the tariffs on Chinese goods, and right. in a way that prepared us a little bit for okay. what was coming um, inadvertently because we've expected that cost increase. Now, um, most of us have factored that into our plans, and although this is a big hit and, and it obviously could go up or down, we've certainly had to deal with some challenging times in the last six months, which has sort of prepared us to aggregate out i would say over the next few months so good. yeah good relatively stable which is funny but, but conversely i guess in new york it's still very much at standstill yeah um there's talk of opening up but i think the governor there governor cuomo is pretty strong and um it's unlikely that they're gonna 
do anything to open up that city soon. I've been hearing from different clients who are based there and you know, some guys say mid-June, others say 1st of September. So still probably a rough ride ahead for New York. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said earlier, LA being a little sub-market all by itself in a way. San Francisco was fairly closed down while LA was still pretty much open. And yeah, interesting differential between the cities. Yeah, yeah. I think it's probably the same here in the UK in so far as I think they're saying 70% of sites are now open, construction sites are now open across the UK. But probably where the biggest number of sites that maybe are not open is still London. Because it's still the, the you know, things like workers being able to safely commute into London. You know, most public transport, you can't, you can't obviously social distance on public transport and that's how many of them get in. But they're probably saying that many London sites will be some of the last to open, whereas elsewhere in the in the UK, you know, where most people probably commute in via via vans or cars, they, they can get in fairly straightforward. But uh, in the in London, maybe, maybe slightly differently. Yeah, it makes sense. Definitely, yeah. New York, yeah, San Francisco is the same with the transit system there, and yeah, it's it's interesting, yeah, by city. So all the complaints I've had about driving in LA these last few years, it's it's uh, kind, yeah. kind of been part of what's what saved us a little bit, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and interesting what you're saying about the the, the labour before, because again, that's a different dynamic to probably a lot of other parts of the world. Um, that, that yeah. you probably can acquire cheap labour now. I think one of the concerns is that either the labour will not be there when we have an upswing again, mm-hmm. or that it's going to be very costly. You know, certainly again mm-hmm. in the UK, if we do, well, we are proceeding with with Brexit, but um, you know, if we do get to a point where we have a lot more, I guess, of the kind of technical trades individuals who are, who are European who don't return back to London. You know, again, yeah. we can have real issues coming back out of this that we don't have certainly that kind of trades level sufficient individuals to deliver the work. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's almost um, the opposite to that in LA, mm. as I mentioned. There's there's a, a right now there's a dearth of kind of skilled workers who are, right, who right. are out of work, and that goes from every level, from from trade level through through our business, and um, obviously we're looking to sort of position ourselves where we can actually acquire some good individuals who mm. may otherwise have been pushed out of work in these climates so yeah it entirely depends on the business i guess or, or the sector you're in but if you work in say data centers great time to be working in data centers it's a lot of you know, technology use increase um, yes. increase of capacity required so yeah, um, actual demand for those products is kind of going pretty high right now but yeah if you work in a, a retail store or something yeah. like that the, the cash flow just just stopped so yeah, you know, it depends on the sector you're in within the market. Yeah. yeah, and do you get any sense, Tom, that things will change off the back end of this? So I think there's certainly a lot of speculation, or I certainly seem to be reading a lot of articles about how the office will change going forward in terms of you know that you're socially distanced within the office, that that may yeah. have an impact on commercial developer sectors. Do you foresee that in in the US and in LA? Do you foresee there being a change there, or, or do you think actually? You know, things will go back relatively to normal. And when do you yeah, think normal will return, I guess? <laughs> that's, a, that's the question, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I've, I've seen a lot as well. I think there's, a, there's quite an interesting video from CBRE. If you go online, um, right. the US, the CEO of CBRE over here, he's put up a video. It's only two minutes long. I recommend right. it. About how the, the office space may change. It effectively mm-hmm. shows a person, draws a circle around it with six feet and walks around the office. So there are those certainly planning and there's a project at a tower in new york where we had a floor plan and we're busy redesigning to another floor plan now right. based solely on these distancing measures and, and right now it's almost a contingency plan that's come to the forefront so it's it's becoming the plan so 
if you'd asked me a week or two ago, I probably would have said it's possibly an overreaction to, to redesign the floor plans of your buildings. And, yes. Yeah. You know, put less people in larger buildings mm. based on uh, something that hopefully we'll have under control in, in the next year and a half. Yes. But it does seem like a lot of people are pushing to at least consider their options in terms of distancing and very much changing the floor plans and, and yeah. Yeah, factoring that into your costs when you're, when you're pricing something out at this point, certainly as a contingency line item. I mean, my own personal thought is there'll be maybe more flexible space. So if there is such an issue like mm. this going forward, you're a little bit better prepared for it as mm. opposed to designing for the worst and living for the worst when yeah, maybe yeah. the worst actually isn't always present. Yes. So yeah, I think it's important to consider it and design it in, yep. factor it in, cost it in, but don't necessarily live to that worst case scenario. Otherwise, you know, economically, that's not the smartest thing to do, but obviously without disregarding the healthcare yep. um, point. Yeah, um, but totally it's funny with that. Yeah, there's there's been some obviously some big impacts, and but there's also been a few positives we can take out of it. I think which mm. have been part of what we did in LA was uh, the big part of it is obviously building inspections. So mm. you have get to a certain stage, inspect. Uh, let's just say the, the, the framing, the stud framing mm-hmm. inspection or rough MEP inspection. Always that's done in person, and always yeah. you have to book for inspection, wait a few days. The guy may or may not may not show up, and then walking through the building. And that's the traditional way of doing it. But what we've been doing, which sounds crazy, but it's worked, is uh, inspections via FaceTime. So virtual nice. virtual inspections. So yeah. documenting with video as you're installing, mm. um, inspector on the line, finish the product, take photos, and then do a FaceTime official inspection. So I'm hoping this could be something we could actually continue with. Part of the problem is you're in a long queue of projects and the inspector's driving from one end of town to yes. the other, which yeah. take you an hour and a half in LA. And so... We need to have a slightly more efficient inspection process. And I think this has kind of forced our hand in that regard. Mm. So, yeah, I'm hopeful we could get that going in, in LA and kind of keep the virtual uh, inspections uh, yep. to help us keep moving in the field. Um, I also think back to your point, probably more of a focus on buying buying locally, which in the short term, perhaps long term, increases prices, but ultimately drives a bit more, drives a little bit more demand locally and, and helps people more locally as opposed to outsourcing and sourcing materials from China elsewhere in the world. Um, a lot of the stuff can be produced in, in the US and it is produced in the US, but I think this might force our hand to produce steel and get our steel from, say, Utah instead mm. of shipping it in from, from China, which is perfectly doable and mm. not as expensive as you may expect. So I think there'll be more of a strategic thinking about, okay, let's kind of keep this in-house, help the local economies come back by local. I think that'll be a good, a good thing for us. Um, agreed agreed we need to just say in the uk i think you know i think clearly what this is yeah. what this has demonstrated to a lot of uh, a lot of countries is that we don't have the resilience internally you know i think i was looking at the manufacturing of ppe equipment you know the uk is almost solely reliant on the us china and germany for, for any ppe equipment interesting you know, surely that's got to change in the future we've got to surely improve yeah. our manufacturing base so that we can we can deal with you know future issues like this absolutely yeah got to prepare Prepare for the worst and hope for the best, I guess. Um, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's some things there. I mean, other positives I think of. You know, meet, it's funny, I saw an Instagram post when, I, when this thing went down and, and it just said, I guess we're about to see which meetings were truly necessary. Um, it's kind of kind of been true. It's been the Zoom meetings great and face-to-face, but it's, it's lessened the amount of kind of in-person, maybe slightly inefficient meetings and, and increased the use of technology and quick, short, sharp meetings that... It, Maybe there's a different way of doing things. Not yeah, always, so. but 
That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I, I was thinking almost the. I think it's, it's going to benefit certainly commuting time between meetings. Obviously, if you can have a meeting where yeah. you don't have to go an hour across town for a half an hour meeting exactly. and have to come back. And Perfect you, for LA. Yeah. 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 But, but interesting, I, I think we've got, and maybe it's calmed down now, but I think there's almost been, a, I think, a spike when everybody started working from home that people mm-hmm. would say, let's do a Zoom call where, where you could have probably dealt, dealt with that with maybe a quick phone call or an email because <laughs> you've got the, I guess, the nicest, when you're, when you're on video with somebody, there almost has to be the niceties and, you know, a bit more, <laughs> bit more banter maybe, how <laughs> you feel that way, you're inclined. So I, I do wonder whether, you know, sometimes people are just like, right, one after another, after another, and we just maybe need to find that balance. Good point, yeah, it's all about balance, yeah, definitely. Yeah, very good point. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's, that, and that's been the pain with, it, with meetings generally, isn't it? That, you know, generally yeah. you book a meeting for an hour, and so you feel that you need to use an hour. And actually, in many cases, if we don't do, we can probably yeah. have a very quick chat on the chat with a video call and, and have it done in 20 minutes, maybe. Very true. Yeah, very true. You make, you make a great point, for sure. Yeah. We'll <laughs> um, see. We'll see. We'll see how it all goes. Yeah, happens. exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I think just sort of, end, I guess, more positive points. So a couple of things. Like the, uh, the environment issue is interesting. And, um, Absolutely. consider it before. Yeah. Living in LA, I, I stepped out into my garden last night and looked up and it was crystal clear and see the stars, yeah, see the yeah. moon. And Brilliant. honestly, that's that's pretty unusual. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you think about it and obviously that you're gonna have to return to normality. People will be using their cars and, and mm. everything else. But the mayor, Mr. Uh, mayor Garcetti, sort of said if we could come back to where we were, let's do a little bit better than that. Let's come back and um, slightly improve our position where we were. So think about how we can kind of lessen the use of gas-driven cars and, and just help the environment a little bit because it's it's a different city right now if you look up at the sky. Yeah, um, absolutely. So it does make you think. Honestly, I wasn't a huge... Uh, I've thought about it, but I didn't really focus on it. And now I'm just trying to think of creative ways to come out of this a little bit stronger in terms of helping the environment, helping people, and yeah, changing the way we've worked a little bit. To, you know, construction's a big polluter, right? So how can we be a little bit more efficient with our waste and, and try to help the environment locally? So... Well, certainly, hopefully, this has encouraged and, and speeded up the agenda with all of these things from from home working. Right. So maybe on a, you know we're not in cars as often to get into get into the city. To just recognising that, my goodness, when we all stop driving cars for a while, you know, look at the sky, look at the seas. You know, there's yeah. all there's all sorts of things. I saw a, a video of, uh, of the Ganges, and it's 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 running clear at the moment because mm. it's just not the pollution getting pumped into it every day. Um, yeah, amazing. Yeah, and it's amazing yeah, how it's... much nature can fix itself quite quickly if we just give it a bit of breathing space. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, so then, like you said earlier, there must be a balance when we come back. Don't just mm. don't just go back to what we were. Let's be better and, and try to just make some incremental improvements that would be hopefully noticeably beneficial to us. Yes, and hopefully as a collective, you know, individual countries, but as a global nation, we we, we kind of embrace that and, and recognise that my goodness, this is um, you know, let's make the let's make the best out of this and, and let's see that, you know, maybe nature has sent us a message here about the fact that we need to do things differently, hopefully. Absolutely. Yeah, agreed. Albeit, I still see a massive rush for the bars and, and pubs in the <laughs> UK when when they're allowed back in them again. Um, it's, it's, it's <laughs> I've got the first flight back for that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially <laughs> you get into the whole debate about you know we talk about maybe social distancing mm. uh, within offices, but logically, if, if for health concerns going forward, we all wish to be separated in offices. Well, that that extends to everything in life from from bars, restaurants, football stadiums, concerts. You know. Yeah. I can't see that. I can't see humans wanting to be separated that much. I can't see it myself. 
I agree. Yeah, we we need that. We need that sort of closeness and community, yeah. don't we? So I just keep. It's only a moment in time. I think uh, hopefully the solutions around there. I'm, I'm probably more optimistic, just based on gut than than others. But yes, yeah, I yes. think it's a moment in time. There's some positive points out there. Um, yes. Hopefully, some drugs that can help get get us back to relative normality. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, we'll like say, hopefully we'll learn we'll learn from the other side of this and, and hopefully create a better society off, off the back of it. Exactly. It's a nice thought. <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely. Tom, really grateful for your time today. Is there anything you'd like to kind of add to close with? Uh, no, I think uh, just finish on the positive and yeah, just think just a time to appreciate family and maybe take things a little bit less seriously, like a, a dog barking on a phone call or a kid opening the door and coming in in your meeting and I think we're all accepting of that now, aren't we? That's yeah, <laughs> is the exactly. new norm, which, which is, again, is positive and, and maybe brings us all yeah. closer together because, you know, we recognise that, you know, yeah. we've, all got, we've all got a life outside of work. Exactly, yeah. No, it's yeah. T- tough times, but I think yeah, it's, it's a moment in time. We can, we can get through this. We can do this. Yeah, no, yeah. great attitude, great attitude. <laughs> Lovely. All right, Tom, thanks right, for your Paul. time. Take care. Take care. Cheers.